Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This hidden camera footage is from inside a meeting of the world's biggest ticket scalpers. CBC went undercover to expose Ticketmaster and its secret scalper program. In Las Vegas, there is an international ticket scalpers conference. And who's going to be there? Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the world's largest box office, but they're changing the way they sell tickets for the biggest act. Verified resale tickets. This is the box office Ticketmaster. Most people think Ticketmaster is the box office, like the original face value tickets, but now they're doing resale. Ticketmaster is now letting scalpers resell on its main site. Fans are furious that events can sell out in minutes, with reams of scalper tickets then quickly reappearing back on Ticketmaster. I want to know the straight goods on whether... Ticketmaster is going to be policing us using our multiple accounts. Uh, no. I have, I have a gentleman who's got over 200 Ticketmaster.com accounts. How many brokers are using multiple accounts? I can't think of any of my clients that aren't using multiple. I mean, they have to. So that's Ticketmaster telling us that they have brokers who have hundreds of Ticketmaster fake accounts, and they don't care that they're using those fake accounts to buy up all the tickets and then repost them for resale so long as Ticketmaster's getting a cut of course. Anyone need tickets guys? Tickets, tickets, tickets. Anyone need tickets? It's the soundtrack outside any busy stadium or arena. Tickets guys, tickets, tickets. Guys, y'all need tickets? Y'all need tickets? What about a big guy? You need some good ones? The difference in a scalper and a broker is a broker can go and hey, how you doing? A broker will go in there and buy up all the tickets. When I'm a scalper, I stand out here and I buy, sell, and trade. For example, I bought this for 20, so I'm going to try to sell it for 50 or 60. And that's a club level seat. This is ridiculous. What are we going to do? Road trip. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network. I'm out of time. American by birth and Southern by the grace of God means that everything I do, I do it right. in California, you can go and have your fun, but down here I got a list of what I like. Eating tater tots and pussy, sucking Mountain Dew and tit. Kick my grandpa in his nutsack and I suck my boss's dick. Fuck my cousin in her asshole before I finish on her tits. Then I shoot my neighbor's cat, I love that redneck shit. and giggle all you want but my friends and me man we don't give a lick if you can read the
list and the bitch fell off That's a sticker on a bike, sure But it's also a tattoo inked on my dick Taking pictures of my mama while she's trying to take a shit Then I'm throwing rocks at cripples and I laugh when they get hit Pull my picker out at Walmart then I pop my sister's zip Checking off my neighbor's dog, I love their redneck shit Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the Home Alone, Loose Cannon. How are you this afternoon? Feeling pretty relaxed. You know, it's nice. I, I, we'll get into that in just a second, but every time I, I introduce you, I always mention like the time of day. Do you think that, mm-hmm. that adds to the listener? Like if they're listening at like three in the morning, they go, is it afternoon where they are? Probably. I think people like to always know what the weather is and what time it is at the time mm-hmm. of recording. It really, really adds more color to their experience. Yes, 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 indeed. So, uh, yeah, I'll, you're uh, you're a boy all alone this weekend. I am. To my wife's credit, I have been giving. You know my 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 stance on camping. It's yeah, it's word. stupid. Yeah, stupid. You've and kind of brought me around to that. I haven't capped since I've been. At, we've been doing this show. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not true. I did one year at Northern Invasion, and that just cemented it. Anyway, carry on. I would just like the fact that I start influencing the entire camping industry. This just <laughs> spreads out, and everybody all of a sudden realizes that camping is stupid and that camping was invented by a guy that just had way too much tarp and owned a tarp company yeah. and came up with, with tents and all this shit just to get rid of it and then turn it into a, a you know a cottage industry. So I am I'm still in the st- – point is – So wait, you, you can have such an impact – uh, you really want to impact the, the, the sales of tents and, and the, the number of people that go to, like, campgrounds are affected by this. Mm-hmm. So if we ever find you just missing, or, or how do you find somebody missing? If you, end, if you end up missing and nobody can find you, we should probably be checking Gander Mountains. Oh, yeah. Maybe REI. Their, their uh, corporate headquarters. Sure. Any kind of outdoor company easily has me in their crosshairs from, from bringing this up. This is something I don't think that anybody's realized until I brought it up. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's going to start. It takes a while for things to shift. But anyway, the point is, I have a pass this weekend, so I had both last night, t- uh, today when recording, and then tomorrow, pretty much the whole day by myself. So nice. just look, it, it's a weird thing. Like last night, all of a sudden, I, I binged like three episodes, all the Stranger Things. I watched uh, Insidious finally for the first time. All the stuff oh. that I normally don't get to do. And uh, anyway, solid choices. Yeah. Very relaxed, you know, is uh, like three hours on Pornhub last night. I'm good to go. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're aware, but I've been off the entire week. Well, we're recording on Saturday, so I go back to work in two days. Um, and with Amy's new job, we really didn't have any summer vacation time that she could take. So I was a guy home alone pretty much all week. And, I, you know, I just realized I'm almost out of my second case of beer. I'll probably finish it during this <laughs> podcast. Uh, so that, Baco's been putting down the Coors Lights this week, and uh, keep in mind, I'll tell a story here in a little bit. But that's a good two days that I did no drinking. So I'm uh, a little uh, no, not the most I've drank in uh, in that period of time in my life. But at this stage of my life, it's uh, it's a sign I should probably seek some help. <laughs> I, I I was just say like like I, I, you're that guy that. Um the neighbors you don't see much of yeah. and all of a sudden there's a week where he's just stumbling around his yard and yeah. and, and trying to fix do projects oh, i got tons of shit cement. Done. i sweat most of this alcohol up as you know i i uh, i did a lot of cement work this uh weekend fucking yeah. 90 degree heat oh, oh god the, the, the worst, yards man. never looked better 
Um, I, 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 the inside of the house is clean as fuck. So I, I did more than sit around and watch video games, which, by the way, is a way to burn a few beers. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was uh, I was just like I was a little shocked getting ready for this. I'm like, Geez, there's only about seven of these left. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. Like when you get a, a, a thing of uh, vodka or whatever, and all of a sudden before the weekend's over, it's almost done. And you're the only person that's been using it. <laughs> yeah, You're like, oh. I am. A, I am basically this is like a Lemmy starter kit. What I've done. Hey. <laughs> To go back to your, your neighbors don't see you for long stretches of time, and then suddenly they see you pee four times a day in the alley. Like you're waving at them, got no, no shirt like, on. I got that the, uh, '70s gut going. I would just like to know that somebody like three houses down is is uh, started a whole like uh, uh, we have a homeless problem in the neighborhood, and it's just nope, oh, it's just Baco. He's got a week off. Yeah. <laughs> And he's in the alley again, messing <laughs> with his his phone in one hand, yelling about yelling about the music industry. And uh, like, man, I have heard a lot other. of Twisted Sister this week, and that that recycling container is loaded with beer cans. Vaca <laughs> <And then laughs> must then, have the week off. I'm hearing rat at three in the afternoon. That's right, Christ! If I hear Ron Keel one more time, I'm fucking calling the cops. <laughs> Uh, I got a cool Rod Keel story for you coming up. But hey, speaking of beer, why don't we get to this week's beer? Let's do it. Um, before I this... before I drink the last seven Coors Lights and uh, really take this show somewhere else. Yes, today's beer comes from Keith Rockford, one of our Cobras on fire. And he has gifted us a Goose Island 312 Wheat Ale. Yeah, uh, go fuck yourself, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> You know, before we get into this, I, I do want to implore the audience, uh, anybody that that's thinking of contributing, maybe some. I got because I've been a pretty good sport. You know, I'm on the record of, of the kind of beers I don't like. Basically, these uh, the, the the where the recipes come from, mainly from England. These all these different ales and stuff of that nature. I, buy me a pilsner. Find a fuck. There is more out there than these wheat ales, pale ales, uh, hefeweizens, stuff of that nature. Dubaco is solid here, man. Uh, I, 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 I stomach through these nasty things, and it's just uh, broaden your horizons, people. There's loggers, there's pilsners, there's, there's stuff other than these, these fucking thick-hearty. And Goose Island actually has an ale I enjoy. They, of course, he gives us two choices, and that's not one of them. But uh, that's enough of me complaining. Um, well, uh, I implore the audience to continue. Of course exactly you do. Yes. Um, yeah. Make sure you, you buy something that uh, loose cannon can't weasel out of buying. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So we got us Goose Island Urban Wheat Ale three one two. What yep. is Urban Wheat even? It's like wheat grown next to a freeway, like at some one of those shitty farmers markets in in a downtown metropolis where you, you're just you're, you're growing all these this fresh food. It's like a it's a community garden. That has got the extra scent of, you know, exhaust fumes sprinkling over it all day. Like farm to table, except this is farm with smog and uh, asbestos uh, to table. So urban wheat ale. I'm sure that's going to get into it. Uh, You want to go first or should I crack mine? I'll go go first. Okay, go for it. I got a quick Goose Island rant, and that is, uh, you know, I I lived around Chicago suburbs for about a decade. Well, that's right. This This is is a Chicago beer, isn't it? Yeah. So this is one of the first kind of like famous... Microbreweries that got gobbled up by, I think Anheuser Busch. I'll find out while you're reading that off. Yeah, but it's one of the big, big ones that, that got it. And <clears throat> I will tell you that from someone that, that this was always on tap in the bars. As soon as they bought it, tasted different. They completely changed it. I'm talking about even the honkers. This one. So, oh, so maybe it's changed since I've had it, but uh, 
Yeah, it, it's 100% not a – so don't be fooled. This is not a microbrewery at all. You're just Well, it buying. says brewed and packaged by Goose Island Beer Company, uh, but uh, it mentions Chicago, Baldwinsville, New York, and, of course, Fort Collins, Colorado. <laughs> right. No, it's 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 a uh, – How many I'm beers have sure we had from Fort Collins? Fuck. A lot. They make a lot there. But anyway, so I'm going to taste this. I don't. This was a pretty popular one. Um, I haven't had this in, in just like I was saying, like a, probably like 10 years ago as well. So let me just take a taste first. Unless you, you got have a bottle or a can. I got a bottle. Is there a can? Yeah, I, I chose the can huh. because it's it was 30 cents less. But then I was like, fuck, that's four more ounces. I got a drink. So that was a bad <sighs> move. I should have paid the extra 30 cents. Anyway, okay. what, what do you got? How was it? Yeah. It is first off, so it's eighteen IBUs, so pretty low. It's not too bitter, and you know, a little bit lemony. I'm not a wheat fan, but I have to, and I can usually only have one of these because it's basically like drinking a loaf of bread with lemon <laughs> put on top of it, um, and it definitely is the gassiest of these. I mean, yeah. it's it's just pure gluten, um, and. It's okay. I don't hate it. I gotta tell you, I don't. I don't hate it. Like um, their I, the IPA, we had the choice of this and the IPA, and I'm an IPA snob, but I really hate their IPA. This is better. All right. Well, let me uh, let me crack my. Is that it, or can I crack? Yeah, my no, head? that's it. I mean, I, I don't know I why don't. I'm in such a hurry. I just want to get this over with. <laughs> Rip the bandaid off. Yeah, that does not smell good. Hold on. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, this is such a unique flavor. It is shit. Ah, it's another one of those that like. There's just not enough time to scrub it off your tongue, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. It. I'm probably gonna get a yeast infection from this. That's how it happens, right? Do men get those? <laughs> a yeast infection in your mouth. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, I got little breadcrumbs are falling out. Yeah, something's going on. It's fermenting on the way down. I, I can just feel it clog my uh, my my throat there. Uh, I wonder. If, uh, I wonder if the the sequel for Deep Throat, the second movie, that she got a yeast infection in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brought to. Then that was uh, brought to you by Goose Island Honker Zale or uh, Goose Island three one two. You know, all kidding aside, yeah, this is a really. Uh, it's just it's strong as far as the flavor. Uh, it, it's not something I would want on a on a hot summer day, which I'm in the, you know dealing with right now. No, it's and, heavy. Uh, it's very heavy. It's maybe more of a winter beer. Uh, although that le- that lemony's hit me a little bit. That kind of gives you that that summer feel. Um, That's what I mean. It's not it, at least it's, it's not, not the worst beer I've I've had. I'm no. I'm I'm having a little fun at Keith's expense here. And uh, but uh, anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. I got to tell you, it tastes exactly like a uh, a beer from Anheuser Busch. I thought it would taste. It is Anheuser Busch, by the way. I just confirmed it. So okay. well, that it would was be bought in, uh, then, right? Check this out. It was bought in 2011. Uh, they got a 42 percent stake in Goose Island, um, with that that worked out for 38.8 million dollars. Okay. So if you're that guy that started that brewery in Chicago, well done, well done. Yeah, so, and uh, thank you, Keith, for your contribution to the program. Just want to mention that the best place to get all your Cobras and Fire updates is our brand new sexy ass site cobrasandfire.com you can subscribe to all your podcast apps from there with a click of the button and you can see the articles that we've written over the years for Decibel Geek you can buy a badass shirt you can contribute to the show it's got everything you'd ever want to know you can also do us a solid if you're on Twitter make sure you follow us we're at Cobras Fire. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cobras and Fire. 
And you can find all the links to all of our pages, YouTube, everything, uh, just by going to thecobrasandfire.com. Follow those links and give us a like, thumbs up, a rating, whatever you can do. That's a way to help the show out for free. They singing all night, drinking wine, spooty oolie, drinking wine. Wine, spooty oolie, drinking wine. Wine, spooty oolie, drinking wine. Pass it bottle of me. They buy it by the gallon and buy it by the quart. Buy a blackberry, you're doing things smart. Knocking out windows and tearing down doors. Drunk, 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 keep a screaming for more. Drinking wine, spooty oolie, drinking wine. So I called you yesterday, and you were driving back in the middle of somewhere in, in Minnesota. So where were you coming back from? Oh, uh, boy. what uh, I, was, I was coming back from corn, 
and not the band, just Fields. <laughs> okay. I, I remember I like I think it was uh what's the, Redwood Falls, Minnesota population corn. That was my joke on uh, Facebook. If you're nice. a friend of me, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, the wife and I, like I said, she didn't. She had two days off this week. And that was Thursday and Friday, and that was so that we could trek our asses to the deep south of uh, Minnesota, deeper than I've been in a long time, Luce. Uh, How many hours? uh, Well, if we did a straight trip, it's about three. Damn. We did it kind of like a little mini vacation because this is going to basically going to be our our big plans for the summer, you know, because I I have to put her life on hold to go to Nashville a little later here, spend some time with my bros. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so we, we took kind of a long way down there. It was to go see the Rotten Keel Band play at the uh, Redwood Falls County Fair. Um, and I got to tell you, the trip was amazing. Nice. Uh, did you have a bumper sticker that said, we'll travel five hours to see Ron Keel? Uh, I do now. I had to go there to get one, though. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you, they What's the last time you spent that... I drove that far for any concert, though. Is it oh, just man? a few years back. But it was a bigger deal uh, because it was like Rock USA. Uh, we, were, okay, okay. we were staying there for three days. Uh, a very similar hotel experience, if people remember that one. Uh, <laughs> although the, the the light switch didn't also shut off the air conditioner. Uh, so Ooh. it was a little bit better in that sense. But, uh, yeah, the, the trip down, we went through basically small town Minnesota. Yeah, a, a, a part of life that I'm fairly familiar with. I mean, I, I've been a big city boy, as you know, Luz, for the mm-hmm. last 20, 30 years or so. But I was, believe it or not, raised on a farm. I think I mentioned it on the show a couple times. Uh, right. And so I get these back roads and stuff like that. But thank God for GPS and so many goddamn detours that take you so far out of the way. It's it's fucking ridiculous. But uh, there's this German town called New Walm, which is a little bigger than most of the towns we drove through. So we stopped there for lunch. We went into a cafe. It was about 1.38. And we got the dirtiest looks from the two first two employees we saw. <laughs> Why? They close at 2 o'clock on a oh, Thursday. Fuck. So we were a little sense. late for lunch. Okay. Um, yeah, that's never a good sign, uh, especially also in the cafe. The only way you can find it was longitude and latitude. Yeah. Well, the only the only other restaurant on that on the downtown street was already closed. Uh, <laughs> they closed it on too. a Thursday. Yeah, and their sign said they closed it too, but they were gone. Um, and it was clearly like a still operational restaurant, like things weren't boarded up or <sighs> dusty or anything like that. But yeah, so the, but they said, you know, but the grills are on. The the, the I said, oh, I'm sorry, we'll we, we'll find someplace else. They said, no, the grills are on. It's okay. Uh, so uh, by the way, we got our food fast as fuck, which turned out to be not a good thing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it turned out the grills weren't on, and so they had to prep, uh, cook our food in frying pans. And I got food poisoning like within about forty five minutes of leaving there. Oh, good Christ! Yeah, and it was just like uh, I had the, the worst hamburger I've ever had in my life, and I've had my dad's cooking. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't really fuck up a hamburger; just cook it medium. Uh, well, it, it was just it was shit meat. I mean, this must have been that stuff that comes in those pink tubes. They, that's what they use. But it was, it was, and it was like they even admitted they didn't prep the food the way they normally do. It was bun burger bun. That was it. Uh, oh, I had sauerkraut because it was called the New Ulm Burger, which is a German burger. But yeah, the sauerkraut was like just disgustingly mushy and shit. And I don't know. We went to an antique store right next to it right afterwards, and by the time we were out of there, I was clear that. Something wasn't okay with Baco, and then by by the time we did get to Redwood Falls, which was a few hours later, it was clear I I was going to be spending some time on a porta potty somewhere. Uh, Fire hole. 
expelling all this. But uh, can I just jump in real quick though, Baco? Yeah. Okay. So will this now cement? I have always had this thought. I will never eat anywhere that is uh, between fifteen minutes to a half hour to close because that is why you got food poisoning. They give zero fucks. You know. Yeah, I typically don't. I, I can't remember the last time I would have. I've worked in restaurants a lot during high school, and it we didn't we weren't allowed to turn things off until the last cu- the door was locked. You know what I mean? And so that means your last customer was already in, right. and and so I it wouldn't have been a problem any place I've ever worked. So I, I was going to leave, but the because she brought like menus and water, now I felt like a dick. I understand, but but you have to realize that's that's that you never know if that person has to go somewhere right at that time and you're yeah. delaying his exit. Well, again, I've worked in restaurants. That shouldn't be your sure. fucking plan. Uh, well, I know, it, but, that, but my just, point is, is you didn't for you, you didn't get the normal rub. You got the the ball sack rub on your uh, on your burger, there, buddy. <laughs> well, I happen to know the chef was a female, uh, so well, <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's that. Then you got the muffin roughing. <laughs> I got a little squish rubbed on my meat. <laughs> That wasn't the squish you were looking for that weekend. Yeah, not the kind of squish I was hoping for. But, no. Uh, oh, my we, we, God. We, we safely made it to uh, Redwood Falls with my bowels intact. Uh, and uh, so I, I did a quick trip around town to get the lay of the land. And uh, after that was done, about two minutes later, we uh, checked into the hotel room. And we get to the hotel, and there's like this, I don't know, eight-year-old girl holding a baby outside of it. And the baby's got only diapers on, and it's a fucking 95-degree sun. Sure. And I go in, and I, it says, press zero for help. So I press zero, and she comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, oh, they just went to the Ford. No, I'm saying with the baby in her With hand. the baby, holding the baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, I'm here to check in. She's like, I'm sorry, they just went to the Ford. I don't know what that means. Who is they? Am I not allowed to check in? I can only read by the, the body language here that it's a problem right now. So apparently there was a Ford dealer in town that the one person who could help me out was at. And we are checking, went to are checking, the Ford. The, for, the, the Ford. Ford. Yep, I was at the Ford. So, uh, And our check-in time was at 4 o'clock, which means, and we were there at 4, I don't know, 408, something like that. Sure. That means the time they want you to check in is the time this guy's running personal errands. He has all day to do it, but. What's the name of this motel, please? Oh, Smart Choice Inn in uh, Redwood <laughs> Falls. Uh, yeah, I booked her on Booking.com. Across the street was a much to... nicer looking hotel that if I didn't have to pay for the room if to cancel it, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we get the room, and it's, an, it's a clean enough room, and the air conditioning works, and the light doesn't shut off the air conditioning. So uh, that Did was really, really nightmare now? there. But. Uh, we get to the fair, and it is like, I mean, these are old fucking rides. The, the, I, I joked with you that, like, I literally may have ridden on one of these rides when I was 10. I mean, I, <laughs> the old light bulbs, and it is just scary as fuck. I posted some pictures on Facebook for people that want to check it out. Uh, I think I don't undersell it by saying it was kind of scary. Um, however, the main stage where the band was was one of the, it was a, perfectly well-built professional structure uh walk i didn't expect that considering the initial thing sure um and and i also shared on the facebook group one of the most brilliant ideas that i've never heard of before 50 empty beer cups will give you one free beer what a way to get your fucking uh uh festival cleaned up for free i mean come on rock usa 
I just want to be next to the guy that has this just huge stack <laughs> yeah. of cups that he's holding. But he's you know, fucking people are gonna do it. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't be fucking collecting fifty cups. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, maybe twenty years ago, I don't know. That, oh, yeah. that, you get to the end of the night and you only got two tickets and you need six, but you don't want to buy twenty. The problem with that idea, though, is is when. You do it. It's it's like near the end, and you bring all those fifty cups up, and they go, "Thank you very much. Sorry, we can't serve you anymore." <laughs> no, you got to do it throughout the day. Yeah, you missed uh, cut off. Uh, but yeah, you can tie that into all sorts of things. I think it would be a brilliant move by all festivals. I mean, what what does a beer cost them really? You know what I mean? Uh, and how much is the cleanup crew? But uh, but the the main event, of course, the Ron Keel band. Now, the the draw for me was that it was the full band. Ron does occasional shows with Keel. Those are typically on your Monsters of Rock, Cruises, things of that nature. Um, he does solo shows a lot, and there's one of those coming up in Minnesota here with uh, uh, our boy Corey Harker uh, at Uncontrolled Noise Radio is hosting it. Oh, and, cool. And, um, but he doesn't, you know, he, you know, he kind of ventures, like he's coming to Colorado with the band, I think. You should check him out. Okay. But, but yeah, it's kind of like he, he ventures out to like, uh, like he just played some Harley Davidson Fest. So a lot of things like that, but he, no real like full-on tour. It's just not really the reality of the business right now for him. But so just knowing that I was going to get to see this whole band you know, was kind of an opportunity that I thought was worth three hours of my life. As you know, I I, I adore Ron as a human being, but that's more recently thing. I, I've been a fan of his music for a long time, and that new record is probably the best of his career. And they played. Well, first of all, I get there, and and, and Ron uh, is sitting by the side of the stage smoking a cigarette. So he brought Amy and I back to hang with the band while the opening band played. And I got to meet the whole band, and they were they were great. And it was we were kind of hanging out. He's like, let's go into this uh, the, the one of the the motorhomes they're in because they got air conditioning. And he's like getting ready, and one of the guys is like half naked, and it's just Amy and I sitting in there. And you know, if you've been in a motorhome, they're not exactly roomy. You know, I mean, it, no. and so I was like, you know, Ron, I kind of feel like we're just kind of in the way here. We can wait out just outside here, but there, there was a picnic table out by where the, they were putting the bands in. Uh, he's like, no, 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 hang on. I'm just, uh, you know, got to put this on and all that stuff. And, uh, and keep in mind, this is all happening while, you know, I still haven't properly taken care of all the issues I am now dealing with from my lunch. <laughs> Then eventually we, we all went out and uh, the whole band kind of came around and we talked for a little bit. But uh, they, they went on and I got to tell you, they put on a full fucking rock show, their full stage. They played two hours and 15 minutes. Now, they didn't play any keel. I'll touch on that in a second if that's all right. But he played damn near the entire new album, which was fine with nice. me. And then they did a ton of killer um, like rock and roll medleys, like more um, southern rock kind of stuff. Which really worked, you know, more for the, the the county fair atmosphere. So I'm sure that was by design. Sure. It turns out that they are just a killer southern rock cover band, and just everything. I mean, I, I think Ron is singing better than he ever has in his life. Now, unlike a certain Bullet Boy, he will acknowledge that his voice sounds different than it did 30 years ago. But I do think it's stronger. You know, I mean, it's aged. It's got a little, a little bit of a tonal difference. But that, a lot of that, has to do with I think he's learned how to sing a little better, and he's kept himself, you know, his vocal cords in great shape. Uh, even though he was drinking natural ice and smoking cool greens or uh, <laughs> cool menthols. Uh, I gotta tell you, that just makes your cords light seem classier. Yeah. By, by the way, the bass player opened up a cooler just filled with cords lights. <laughs> yeah, right up my alley. Uh, I, you ice. Know, uh, what's that? No, I'm just saying I'm glad to see people are still buying the ice. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Nat, it was Nat, Natty? Natty Ice? Natty Ice. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, this guy's my hero. Yeah. 
<laughs> already. We are, we are, I'm starting to become, uh, Ron Keel, can I just talk yes. about him for just a second? Okay. So before we started the show, I'd never heard anything by Keel. I just, I just hadn't. And, and since your interviews with him and listening to his whole album, which I purchased after your interview with him, out of the fact that he sold it, he sold it, you know what I mean? Just by talking to him, yeah. hear, hearing him, I'm like, I, I got to check this out in full. Love it. Love his new album. And then I just started looking online about like kind of his uh, history. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I have in common with him, too, as far as the just general stuff he likes. Like, uh, did you know his favorite James Bond movie is uh, View to a Keel? <laughs> Keep it going. Uh, what do you think his favorite Metallica album is? Uh, um, Kill them all. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just. I hadn't got there yet, but yes, kill them all. You're, you're focusing a little too much on the last name because I got to tell you right now, his uh, uh, motorhome was called the Roncord. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he said a fan covered up the C and wrote R. Oh, that's great! I love it. Uh, did you it. have yeah, any more? You know, yeah, you know what his favorite Steven Seagal movie is? I'm guessing at this point it's got to be Hard to Keel. No, it's Under Siege. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, he's he, he's a funny guy, and he remembers everything. He remembers the show. He remembered my wife's name. Uh, he also was a dick and remembered that I like tried to book him on Valentine's Day. And he's like, you might want to spend that day with uh, your wife. Because I... I, I, what, I <laughs> I didn't actually say, are you busy Valentine's Day? I was like, how about Thursday night? And Thursday night was Valentine's Day. So now that my wife was there, he's like, hey, did he tell you about Valentine's Day? You motherfucker. Thanks for bringing that up, Ron. But no, it was all, you know, good, good fun. But he was the whole band, everybody was super cool to, to me and Amy. And uh, like I said, I can't, I can't, I mean, they just had so many bits. The the this, the drummer comes out with a cross and sings John, Johnny Cash. Nice. I mean, the band is just spot on tight. I mean, they just delivered everything. Um, crystal clear sound, too. They got there and they said they sound checked for like three hours to get everything dialed in. Um, so he brought his own crew, brought his own setup, and uh, made sure that the, the evening sounded uh, great. And uh uh, I couldn't be more grateful for the. Uh, well, first of all, he's just been just a great guest on the show. Uh, I love the record. He's 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 been the soundtrack to a lot of uh, low times in my my teen years. So I appreciate that. But just to just see this kick ass show made it worth the trip. Made it worth the food poisoning. It was a little touch and go on the bus. I may have had a alternate reason to want to get out of that Winnebago, if you know what I mean. The, the rumblings <laughs> were there. But, and Ron's like, no, 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 stay in here. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you hear that gut? Stay in here. <laughs> so anyway, it was a blast. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I went. It was worth the trip there, worth the way back, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, it gives me an excuse to play something off the new album. Sure. I'm sure a different version of this will be on this posthumous album, Keeled Over. What do you think about that, Ron? No, thanks.
cars. Go to work now. You stay in bed and have yourself a great day. I took in a show recently, The Glorious Sons and the Struts, but before that, uh, a couple weeks ago, you actually saw it with Stephen Michael out there in uh, Denver, Colorado, correct? I, I did, yes. Stephen Michael of the Growing Up Rock podcast and fellow podcaster at Rockin' Pods coming up here this August 9th and 10th in Nashville, along with his co host, Sonny Pooney. Yeah, and they're, they're going to be the, the ones with the little small city if you're going to Rockin' Pods. <laughs> They definitely probably have the big, the, the biggest uh, setup, right? Yeah, they, def- they they had one of the largest ones. They were almost like a record vendor. You know what I mean? It was just like how many? <laughs> he's got like three eight foot tables, like this giant wall drop. Uh, sure, he's got you know like seventeen microphone clips for you know the, the two guests that would actually go on that program. That's right. That's you and so, me. <laughs> so Stephen Michael, uh, <laughs> love you, Stephen. He. I love you, Stephen. Last year, he came out here, kind of com- combined it with his wife's uh, Jennifer's business trip out here, which is awesome because he's probably be coming out here. The lovely once Jennifer. A year. Yes, lovely Jennifer. Very. So, cool hey, this is the here. first time you get to meet her. She's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, very cool, and a good sport about everything because you know, uh, like a lot of wives, that this genre of music is sometimes not their their cup of tea. But <laughs> but uh, so. <laughs> Anyway, so so she we, we meet up and um, well, I would say like a lot much. of wives podcasting isn't their cup of tea because my wife loves the music. But <laughs> no, boy, she thinks like, like that. What I come down here to do is the she's not critical of it. She doesn't try to stop me, but it's uh, well, it's hard well, to sure. explain sometimes. No, what, what I was going to say is is I think that uh, 
at Rock and Pod if Baco and I are doing our own little uh, thing, if we're doing a presentation, if that comes to, comes to pass, that I think we should just say like, who here has a stronger marriage as a result of being a podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we should do a panel called "Stronger Marriages Through Podcasting." Uh, no, I just want to see nobody move their arms because nobody's gonna. <laughs> How many people have since moved to an efficiency apartment since starting their own podcast? <laughs> Who here? Who here is a better father as a result of being a podcaster? Okay, we're zero for three. Moving on. No, I don't think you got my joke then. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. We're we're one for three. Yeah. Okay. Well, you what have a the- nice house. You know, three bedroom, two bath, and nice big backyard, two car garage. Now my wife has that, and I have an efficiency and a cat. Yeah, and I wasn't aware they still sold air conditioners that stick in the window. (laughs) Do you you think you still get those beds that stick in the wall? (laughs) The Murphy Murphy bed. Uh, Is this the living room or the kitchen? It's both. It's both. That's right. (laughs) All right. Anyway, anyway, the future of podcasting people. Mm -hmm, That's right. So anyway, so so fellow podcaster. That would be great, though, when I asked Eddie Trunk where he thought podcasting was going. He's like, well, I think it's going to result in an uptick in people renting uh, efficiency apartments. (laughs) Divorce attorneys, uh, you, know, you can find a way to, to streamline divorce. It's a good good way to get into. <laughs> I got to tell you, right now I'm thinking of starting a side business where Google knows everything about you, you know. You just you just hone in on anybody that's a podcaster for being a divorce attorney. <laughs> yeah, just Google married podcasters and start counting the days. Like start just, sending them just, flyers. I can't remember. In case your marriage falls apart because you're a podcaster, here you go. Or maybe but, uh, if you want to be shadier, you could like actually start hiring people to to mess with their lives to make it look like uh, podcasting is destroying their family and the wives right. take it take the the lead. You gotta that's what, that's what you gotta do. You gotta hit the wives, get them to leave, and then you get the business. Well, sure. There's all kinds of ways to do it. I mean, it, I think that basically it's going to be standard when you're going into a you know going to court. They just ask. By the way, my husband is a podcaster. Done. You get sixty percent of everything. <laughs> Ma'am, he's 55 years old, <laughs> wearing an out of the cellar <laughs> T-shirt. I assumed. <laughs> he uh, he kept going on and on about Ron Keel. You, you get the, you get the house. He gets the hot tub with Ron Keel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting back to this. So Stephen Michael, um, he he basically he got here on like an I don't know like a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever before the, for the concert on Friday. And he calls me, and this is his question. Hey, man, I'm bored. What's there to do here in Denver? This is like noon. Can I do this real like quick? Thursday. Huh? Hey, man, this is Steven. What's there to do in Denver before noon? Yeah, so he, so he asked me basically, you know, what's there to do? And, you know, I, I know Stephen Michael from podcasting and uh-huh. doing a show with him here and there. But I don't know him as a Fellow person, really. Fellow geeker, too, right? Yeah. So, so you know, that that's it. So I don't know the man personally. So that's like... What do you want to do? I don't know you. So I'm like, I'm like, do I tell him about? I, there's no YNT concert uh, during <laughs> at like one o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. I'm aware of it. I'm like, you guys don't so have talking. a Dave and Buster's out there. <laughs> He's out there playing Pac Man, <laughs> like a dollar a shot. Up He's stuff, at the counter but. with just a pile of tickets. Get the, get the fanny pack. <laughs> No, but I was like, I was like, what about? Uh, I'm like, okay, you're in Denver. There's a billion things to do. I go, um, I was like, well, 
maybe there's there's like four or five museums, but you don't seem like you're very cultured, so I'm not going to recommend that. But like I'm like I'm like you can go hiking, you can go to the mountains, you can do all these things. You know, there's some outdoors things, there's entertainment, there's there's so many things to do. And he's like, I'll consider it. And then I call him back in the tour. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting lunch. <laughs> It's the same thing as Pooney showing up in your town. He mm. just says, like, hey, it's a Thursday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon in your town. What do I do? Head down to the DMV and look at the uh, the mug shots.
my buddy was in town too, and we uh, we're gonna meet Jennifer and. So, like every social interaction you and I have had in, where you were in a different state, you brought a friend that I that Stephen didn't know. <laughs> that's correct. Yes, as, as, you, as you want to do. What everything kind of lined up that way. This is when this guy could come and and uh, and Stephen he's, was he's, in town he's too. He's giving me that song and dance too, Stephen. He's just afraid to be alone with you. <sighs> anyway, but as predicted, <laughs> just 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 so you know, um, I showed up late and I left early. You oh yeah, yeah, of course. You, you predicted it. He was very satisfied to hear that in the episode before. <laughs> Uh, that that this went down and you predicted, but but essentially, yeah. So you know, my whole thing, my whole rant about Denver concerts—they start way too late. Well, in the first time in Denver history, a concert started not only on time but early. I showed up at the Struts and Glorious Sons uh, show at seven fifty-nine, and the last chords of the last Glorious Sun song. Was was ringing out and they took off. They got off the stage. They they started at seven twenty five, got off the stage at eight, and struts started at eight forty five. I've never seen an opener start any earlier than eight forty five. Super pissed. Did not see the Glorious Sons. The Struts and the Sons. They're basically the only two bands playing on this tour. Kind of different than a lot of shows we see. Right. The show I saw a few weeks later was right on time. We got there about fifteen minutes before the the, the Sons took the stage. And uh, your friend was there. Uh, the, we call him Chris. Him and his lovely wife, Kareen, mm-hmm. I got to meet for yeah. the first time. Um, so, yeah, because you kind of helped uh, let us both know that we're going to be there. So we, we hooked up and kind of watched both shows together. And uh, But also there was a, a listener of the show named Brian. He's a member of uh, the Cobras on Fire group. And he was uh, commenting just to see if I was going to be there. And I was pretty sure I was going to be, but we didn't get tickets until the day of. And I wasn't sure this show was going to sell out. And this is the venue I'd, I'd never been to before, but so I didn't really didn't know what to expect. But it was cool. Yeah, he comes. He, he said he was going to buy me a dog beer if I showed up, but it uh, turned out he bought me one <laughs> entire beer. Uh, a Surly makes a First Avenue beer, uh, and it's actually very good. And probably It is officially my favorite Surly beer. I, I, I like the Fury or the Furious or whatever it was called prior to that, but this is better than that. Anyway, so Is it actually sold in stores? It is locally here. Uh, I don't know if they they send it out further than uh, the the Twin Cities, but right, understood. Uh, the Palace is ran by First Avenue, which is where this concert was at in St. Paul. Uh, anyway, so they're 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 selling these beers. So I got him one too, and uh, it was kind of nice to meet a listener. But yeah, he drove a little bit of a ways. I want to say he's just on the very outskirts of the Twin Cities. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. I just uh, I thought we met talked about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, he came by himself because like he I think the wife was away or something like that, and he just figured what the hell, maybe I get a chance to bump into Baco. So it was really cool meeting you, Brian. Thanks for the positive feedback. Thank you for the beer. And yeah, the Suns. It was it was still a great show, but easily my least favorite. Uh, they, they they played two new songs. Uh, we should announce that the Suns have an album coming out now, September thirteenth. Uh, I thought that kind of came out of the blue. And they played. But didn't he didn't he come there uh, because he didn't know about the Glorious Suns before he heard the show? Well, yeah, he yeah he said that he got turned on to, to right. the Glorious Suns That's because what of our love show. to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. If, if if we're getting people exposed to music and they're checking it out, whether it's old or new, like the Suns, we, we just we love to hear that. It's nice to know that we're like I said, we've mentioned it before that we're not talking to a wall. Um, right. That there are actually people turning turning ears on and, and giving but uh, give, giving two shits about what we have to say. So yeah, Brian, thanks for that. Probably more than anything, but 
Uh, yeah, I got to got to talk to uh, to Chris for a little bit, and uh, uh, but his <laughs> his wife was really getting antsy by the end of the the, the struts. It, it turned. She's apparently she's not a big rock concert person, but like I said, I'm not, I don't mean there's a criticism. It just sounded like it was like this is a little bit more than she thought she wanted to get into. But your your boy Chris, he he was. There's no way he could have a better time than he was having that night. <laughs> uh, it's because he never goes out. Well, the struts are are. are not a band that I like as much as him. And they're fine. I, I enjoyed the show. My wife, Amy, loves them a lot. Uh, so so it, uh, that's worth it alone that a band like that. She likes a band like that that I can at least, you know, you know, sit through and, and stuff. They have some songs I like. But for the most part, it droned on for me a little bit too, Kareen. But uh, but not for can the I, people who were there who loved them. And that's Chris and my <clears> wife. But uh, So, yeah, so the struts for me is kind of the same thing. I liked uh, about four or five songs off the first album. Second album I completely dismissed, way overproduced. And, you know, Glorious is bringing me to the show, but, <clears throat> and I've seen them before, like four years ago at 150, maybe max mm-hmm. bar, and they, and they killed it live-wise. Now, I will tell you this much. I was super pissed that I met, and that was such an idiot to, uh, to miss the Glorious Sons, thinking it was just like a normal Denver show. Sure. And I, and I was so mad at the point where I was just like, I'm not even going to enjoy the show because I'm angry. But they brought it enough to bring my mood up for the next, like, hour and a half. They are ridiculously, uh, over over the top, as far as performance, they like basically. Sure, but I like, I, cheer, I like that part. Cheerleaders, of that. I know that's what I mean. Like they're like cheerleaders, a lot of people, uh, you know, moving arms and stuff like that. But the the they sound great about too. Is, yeah, sound great. The the uh, <clears throat> the whole Freddie Mercury thing. Did he play "Don't Stop Me Now" as an encore? Not that I recall. Wow, it was just on the piano only. Played the song that you and I kind of rediscovered from Queen, and just mm-hmm. completely nailed the fact that. Uh, Pitch perfect, amazing version of that for, yeah, for the encore too. If that guy looked like Stephen Michael, no one would be comparing him to Freddie Mercury. I stand by that. He's close, Sounds- but not spot on. And it's the fact that he basically cuts his hair like a certain era of, of no, him, and, and kind of no. has that facial. He emulates him as far as his look, but he is a Freddie Mercury part too. I'm gonna stand by that. That would be our disagreement. I'm sorry, Freddie Mercury could write songs. Exactly my point. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's my point. Is that there were there was like five songs that I was like, man, these are great songs. And I went back to their newest album because I'm like, are these the, the ones I just missed? And they are completely different. The pacing, the everything. Struts need to come out with a live album. Um, I will enjoy it a lot more than than their studio stuff. It is the difference between the the like hearing Deuce and then hearing Deuce on the original Kiss album. The pacing yep. and the cold gen. I, now, I get, you know I get what I'm that. saying? Just it's a different animal. So if you want to hear the full story of that weekend, where I also uh, turns out that I am more offensive than you, uh, per Jennifer, she she thinks you're less offensive in person. Oh well, as do most people. Yeah, so check out the Growing Up Rock podcast. It's Freedom Fest weekend is the bonus episode. Come heavy or don't come at all. You leave your peace at home, that's your call. It never paid to be merciful. Come heavy or don't come at all.
told me that you got tickets for the Gloria Sons and Struts the day before the show. Do you have any issues? Uh, no. He walked up to the box office and gave him money. Huh. Okay. My only concern was my- that I thought it might be sold out. But yeah, no extra fees. $29, baby. Well, can I tell you my tale? <laughs> I got a feeling it might be a little more convoluted. I waited until about a week before the show because here there are there is a deal where between 10 and 3 on a Saturday... Um, at a couple of these venues, like the one they're going to be at, you can actually go there and buy the tickets right there without any fees, like you're talking about, right? Correct. That's my preferred method. Exactly. So <clears throat> I did so, made a special trip out to the theater, and they said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mr. Cannon, but the Struts and Glorious Sons are sold out. I'm like, mother So this is at the physical out. location. Yes. To a Went show to that you location. went to. This is going to get good. Mm-hmm. It's sold out. There's no tickets left. And I was like, son of a bitch, because, you know, I had my buddy coming in and meeting up with Steven. I'm like, this is not a good situation. And, I'm, and I instantly went in my car and like, I'm like, this is bullshit. No way. So I, I started looking and I'm like, because they do play Sawed Off Shotgun a lot around here, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, OK, maybe this is actually a reality. So I looked on there. that These were $30 tickets. The cheapest that was on there was a stub of like 60 bucks and all this stuff like that. And I kept looking on uh, Craigslist to see if I could possibly be raped also in getting my tickets for a discount. Oh, nice. And. Right. So then I found, like, on a, uh, this one on the weekend, I'm like, son of a bitch, I waited too long, and I'm pissed because they're trying to be cheap and save, like, 10 bucks on these these fees. So then I started looking on Monday and Tuesday, same thing, sold out. Uh, finally found this person on Craigslist to give them to me at, at face value, but they were, like, a half hour away. And I was like, right before I decided to go on that little journey to get those tickets, I said, let me go back to Ticketmaster real quick, like. So I went back there. Boom. Nothing but tickets again. <laughs> One sold out, bought them that way, and then got the tickets. Well, the cleaning play, crew found some that had fell behind a desk. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my story. And we found a that... thumb drive with a bunch of PDFs in it. Uh... <laughs> so the, the, the time that all of a sudden that was the weekend that you didn't have to pay for service fees, dynamic pricing. I don't know what you want to talk about next, but I'm guessing it transitions well. Well, yeah, of course, we both know where we were leading in with this, and that's the recent news that cemented something we got into, I don't know, it was a few episodes back, maybe a couple months. I'm not exactly sure which one it was, but we talked about the dynamic pricing, and I even talked about one of the concerts that are involved here, but it turns out Metallica is involved, uh, as are other artists. They just don't really mention... <laughs> they don't mention others uh, specifically. Uh, they're, they're involved in basically... Uh, moving tickets away from actually being available to the public into a resale secondary market, and then they get a cut of that. Which Hold is, on a second. Uh, are you telling me that the artists are actually involved? Yes, exactly, yeah. I, I know I've mentioned – I've definitely speculated it before. I've ha- never had any evidence. But the the one that really got my ire was that when Metallica played the, 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 the brand-new football stadium at the time, yep. U.S. Bank Stadium here in Minneapolis – 
the tickets went on sale and they were gone in like 10 minutes. And it just seemed, and, and then they were immediately available on StubHub and Ticket King, things of those secondary natures. And and to the what's the seating capacity roughly there? It had to be yeah, at least yeah. sixty thousand people. Yeah, um, okay, I, I, you know, I mean, it's I think it's a, well maybe fifty. I think it's like sixty six for a full football game. You might lose some of right. that, but the stage is at an area where there isn't a lot of seats behind it, so you probably don't lose too much, and you get the whole. In other words, a, a shitload of seats to go in ten minutes. Exactly, and, and look, it's happened, but it really hasn't. <laughs> right. You know, and and the thing is, like, if you go like look for like uh, like any concert you want to go to, just type in Metallica tickets. You'll get all these websites that are all offering them for sale, and they will all have kind of official nail names like uh, like the, some of them will actually say Ticketmaster, and it won't be Ticketmaster. You know, it's Flash just, seats. It, it's it's all this secondary shit that we need to get rid of. But let's get into the story a little bit on on how this turned out. Well, that show that in Minneapolis that Metallica played that I mentioned is brought up in here as as a show that 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 happened at. But Metallica apparently didn't have uh, any involvement in it, but it must have piqued their interest because a representative of them reached out to Live Nation to see about basically can we have. I don't know. There's some. It was like eighty-eight thousand tickets of a whole tour or something like that that they wanted for themselves to sell on the secondary market. Now, and, can I jump in here real quick before you go further? Yeah. About the live nation. Okay, so <clears throat> I believe this is relevant in a point you'll bring up later, and that is that this entire tour, the, they did not use local promoters. They decided to sign a deal with Live Nation to take care of all the, the tour dates. Yeah. Correct? Coincidentally, Live Nation had brought up the, the promoter they were using on their last tour. <laughs> Right, so they, uh, called Frank Productions. So they so they did that, and they inked a deal before we go to the ticket parts that Metallica from this tour would receive ninety five percent of the gross, not the net, ninety five percent of the gross, which ended up making one hundred eleven million. So that's roughly one hundred five and change going directly uh, to the Metallica corporation. So no, not now that part, not that rare. You can thank Led Zeppelin for that. Going back to their manager was the first one to kind of. Uh, spearhead this idea that uh, the artist should control a bulk of the money. You're just a promoter. Um, I think ninety percent is probably a little more 90. common. Yeah, they got ninety mm-hmm. on, on one of their once. Once Zeppelin blew up, he like pushed for eighty or ninety percent, and that was what forty years ago. So I got to believe but Taylor Swift, Kanye West, Beyonce. They're not. They're not even putting on a pair of shoes for less than ninety percent. Okay, okay, but but with that said too, I believe that that's a lot of money. That's a big percentage. So at first, it, it, it said to me, like, why would Live Nation do this for, like, $6 million or whatever the difference is uh, of the percentage of the $111 million? And that is because all those fees, fees are usually about 30% of the ticket price. So let's just call it that's $30 million in fees plus that $6 million slice. So this tour is going to make them at least $36 million Live Nation. Correct. And as we're about to find out, they're also getting a piece of the secondary market. They always were. Right. They've been, they've been involved in it and, and instrumental in making it legal. And and just convoluting the whole process to make it harder to figure out where the money's actually going. Break it down. Let me break it down this way. Let's say there's 1,000 tickets, and they're going to be sold to the public. Uh, and so Metallica would get uh, 95% of that $1,000. Now, th- th- so that, that those tickets are being purchased, and then so Metallica gets that cut, 
and then they're resold on a secondary market, which, of course, has a price increase. Through this deal, Metallica would get 40% of that. Live Nation would get 40%. And the dude who brokered it got 12 and some other guy got 8 Now, the percentages are somewhat debated in this piece, but not by much. And the idea that like all the parties involved just continue to get more money, it just shows you like how fucked this whole process is. And people can bitch about greed, and I get all that. You know what? It's difficult for me to defend anybody, and I'm not going to. Uh, you have enough money if you're Metallica. You, you fucking should anyway. Again, Tommy Lee might be a couple bad investments away from becoming Grimace, but he should have <laughs> enough money. Agreed. You know, but that the, the bad and bad financial decisions aside, there's plenty of money here for everybody, and to still offer a product that doesn't cost the consumer one hundred dollars. But let's just talk about that for a second, though. Is that in this specific situation, eighty-eight thousand tickets, approximately? Yeah, Metallica is going to get paid twice on those tickets. Yeah, and, and but the, the one thing that I didn't get to that I think is important here, the the only way they could do this was to to basically sell these tickets to another corp company that they kind of do this all the time as. Is, is those like a fan club pre-sales. I've always right. wondered why the pre-sales even existed. They make no fucking sense. You can get the pre-sale code without being a member anywhere. They, they sell out usually in 10 seconds. They're never premium seats. It's just it, there's really no benefit other than like there must be something shady going on. Turns out there's something fucking shady going on. And, and the, the, wow. the, this has to be more common than, than, than you and I even know. More common than this one instance. I mean, it just has to be basically business as usual. That There is no industry that is more about fucking people over than music. I was talking to our friend Bryn Ahrens on the sidewalk outside my house, and he said if the music industry was a – the reason it's never been sold as a stock is because it's a horrible investment. <laughs> You know, the, the thing, but but going back to this before you even go more into this, yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll peel off some more layers of the onion because uh, this is the stuff that gets basically when it, when when uh, I think you and I both read this article, we looked like uh, uh, the heat miser with her head on fire, you know, oh, little, boy. Little flame shooting off the top. But really, it didn't though. Yeah, the police got called to my house. I thought I got in a domestic dispute. <laughs> Turned out I was just yelling at my laptop. <laughs> but but really, did it? It's almost like the D. That we're desensitized from all these yeah, things. Yeah, that, that's a more accurate it. description. I'm like, of course. Yeah. If anything, I maybe like, felt a little guiltily happy. Like, right, I fucking knew it. I well, fucking knew it. All those motherfuckers like all these, that for decades have been saying, you can't blame the bands. The fuck I can't. <laughs> Kid Rock literally did an entire tour for 25 bucks. And there were no fucking add-on fees. And there was none of this bullshit going on. If we had listened to Pearl Jam. <sighs> well, I know it's all that stuff. Like when you see They're that. They're just like, greedy. Okay. Right. That's what it did. I remember I remember when Kid Rock did that year ago, uh, years ago. It was like a $20 or $25 yeah, concert. Something like that. All tickets the same price and $5 beers. And the places are packed. And still people made fucking money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It turns out you can fucking. Yeah. I've never understood that. Like, like I read in uh, what uh, Duff McHagan's book that tours were a loss leader. And I'm like, I went to that tour you're talking about, Duff. There were 40 fucking thousand people that all paid at least $20,000. How did you not make any money? Well, it turns out because they were late and had to pay union fees. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but if you show up on time, like the glo- two hours late. 
<laughs> you know what? I guarantee the Glorious Sons and Struts are the most profitable concert that has to do with time of people being there. Yeah, especially when you look at their stage props. It's pretty out. cool looking, but it's a pretty minimal stage, man. It's clean. Yeah. Clean, baby. Yeah, someone's need. I will say this: the Suns need a little help setting up uh, how to uh, uh, arrange a set list. But I, I will uh, tell you also that uh, both of them sounded great, and there's no orange amps, so yeah, I don't know. What do you do? I, I'd go. F- there's no explanation. They must have been. There really isn't. Like like those it's ones that were on stage when I saw a band that sounded like shit. They just were props. This is the opposite yeah, with empty. them. They're actually playing through them. They're just off stage. Right. It just it just depends. Yeah. But anyway, um, back to this nonsense. Back to the scam that everybody already knows has been going on, but is laid out in detail. Eighty eight thousand tickets, double dipping percentages, people on planes. They're complicit. Technically not illegal either. That's this? what I love about it. What? Technically, they didn't break any laws. There's nothing illegal about it. It's just a shitty fucking thing to do. Yeah. Right. I actually have some solutions. I don't know if we're there yet. You know what? Before you go into that, too, the thing that kind of really uh, uh, pisses me off about that from being Metallica is, and you brought up a good point on this a lot of times. We know we talk about our favorite bands sometimes not going the extra mile and different things like Kiss, kind of disappointing. Metallica still, whatever you think about them, has done that thing kind of for the fans where they do the deep cuts. A ton of stuff. They do the... This do the, the cool stuff. They put out tons of free pro shop material of all their concerts. They they vary their set lists. But at the same time, they are still doing what the big pop stars yeah. do and fucking over the people with this kind of the, the shenanigans. Yeah, welcome to Justin Bieberland, Metallica. Good for you. Go yeah. fuck yourselves. Right? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I had probably already seen my last Metallica concert. This just cements it. I don't go to a lot of these big arena shows anyway. Um, I, largely because... I don't care for the the environment like I used to. I I still enjoy a good festival, but I don't really want to go sit inside a Target Center for three hours and watch live music. I'd rather go to a club. I, that's kind of how it was too. Like this this week, I gave up a concert I was pretty much going to go to. Uh, it was it was uh, Shine Down, Bad Flower. I thought you were going to say Chevelle. <laughs> no no no, not Chevelle. But Shinedown, <laughs> Bad Flower, which I thought was a cool combo. And there's also a nice. funny name band that's actually pretty good called Dinosaur Pileup that was uh, uh, opening as well. So I was going to go to this, but it was $55 for general admission. So I was like, oh, that's a little sketchy. But at least it's GA, so you're on the floor. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. Um, but then it was $25 in fees. I am not oh, going to the concert God. for $80. $80 and then going to a stadium-type show. So it was right at that dividing line where they are keeping fans away. I would have done that on a Wednesday, though. Not going to do that. You know what I mean? Well, this sounds like the perfect way for me to offer how we actually deal with this stuff. Please. All right. First thing we had to do, no more secondary markets. Uh, I, I have a lot more respect and, and integrity in the guy standing on the street, working outside the lines of the law, You know, going, need tickets, you need tickets, got tickets, got tickets. It's a one-to-one transaction. I don't even want a loophole available. I don't want it to be legal for me to sell you a ticket. Boom. It's done. It's either a face value exchange or or nothing. Enough. Just... I'm sorry, but Ticketmaster, what's the other one? StubHub? Those are the two big ones, right? There's and, Or no, Ticketmaster has their own secondary thing, which they just got busted actually just funneling tickets into uh, and, and reselling on a secondary market. StubHub, Ticket King. Your entire existence is based, your business model is let's fuck over people because we can. 
So I'm yeah. sorry that I just don't. I have zero problem making that business illegal. You want to do it, you have to do it outside the the law. Um, at least there's some control there. Forty eight hours, the first forty eight on any event, place of purchase only. Uh, you have to get in a fucking line. I'm I'm done with this nonsense. If if you're not that committed, then you just don't get to go, and you can wait and and do the online purchasing after the forty eight hours. That would help out. And I'm okay with that for the first forty eight hours. Yeah, the first forty eight hours. The be- and sure. every seat is available. It has to be verified somehow that basically the best seats in the house, every fucking ticket in the in the room is available. No no setting aside pretty people seats for some kind of side deal. Again, do that shit under the table. Do it do it outside the the realm of the law. At least make it fucking wrong. And then the, the the last thing I would say, and this is probably the most important thing, I might even concede those first two points if they could just do this. The price of the ticket is the price of the ticket. If you can add all the fucking fees in the world you want to, but you don't get to break it out afterwards, you get to say, that with the, if I'm looking to see how much it's going to cost to see that show you just saw, it said $85. It didn't say 55 I go through the process and I see like uh, uh, you know location fee, print fee, local tax fee. Uh, so you know all this nonsense. No, it just has to all of those fees have to be bundled into one number. Right. Why is that not yeah. why is it that difficult? I don't need to know. Don't tell me. Yeah, just I do. give well, me the price. When you get it's called shopping. I do a bunch of stuff online as far as e-commerce. It's called shopping cart abandonment. You get to the final stage. You've entered all your info, and that says, "By the way, it's an extra twenty bucks for shipping." We didn't tell you that earlier. No, exactly. And that what they're hoping is, and it, apparently it must work because they continue to do it. Because you're exhausted. You're, it took you so fucking long to get. You've already entered all sixteen digits of your card number, right. the, the expiration date, and the code on the back. You've entered in your shipping address. And why do you even have to pay extra money for them to email it to you? <laughs> it's like you mail it to me for free, but they know that like you like that instant satisfaction of knowing you have it. So they're charging you for that, even though they're profiting. I mean, someone actually has to put that, or a machine anyway, that they have to plug in and pay for the electricity and push a button, <laughs> has to stuff it into an envelope and mail it to you. Jesus Christ, the whole thing is so easily fixed. It's one of the simplest problems we have, and yet we just can't get every. I mean, I'm really irritated. I'm flat out, I'm calling out the bands, the musicians. Stop playing the fucking game. Be that's what it is. That's where the buck stops. If you want to stop fucking over your your yeah, your 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 fans, mm-hmm. you need to put your foot down a little bit. I get the fact that your incomes aren't as much. Maybe you have to do a little some shady business. I would expect this not from Metallica, but from struggling artists. As somebody like a little little hustler on the side says, "Here's how we can sell an extra two hundred tickets." Well, imagine uh, imagine side. Lars Ulrich going out into the parking lot and 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 seeing a guy selling bootleg T-shirts for ten bucks and saying, "I'll tell you what, you charge fifteen, give me half, and we're cool." That's what they're fucking doing. They are going right. up to that guy saying, "Raise the price five bucks. Give me half of that, and then you get to you get to keep doing this." Can I give you one other thing that I think would fix? Yeah, the, what do you got, man? Income, and this is on the positive end. I have never understood why on the same date. Now that it's Friday, it used to be Tuesday, but now it's Friday. Universal that an, a, a band that you like on a Friday, if they have a new album, it is available on iTunes, the store and streaming on the same day. If you delay that even a week, I say two weeks, 
But if you delay the actual streaming version of it a week, the real fans will purchase your that want to have it that day will pre-order your album either physical Brilliant. or digital. I'm on board. Yes. Yep. Why? Why not just delay it one fucking week? You could make more sales. No so idea. I'm with you. So, listeners, stop buying the tickets with all the fees. Vote with you. Vote with your wallet, bitches. It'll change. You know what, though? Unless, Buckley, it's, I think uh, lo- unless it's a band you really like, then you got to go. I, I think I, f- I cracked the code on this whole scam. All yeah. right. You know what it is? Uh, well, no. What it, I haven't heard it yet. It's a profit deal. It's a profit deal. Oh, Baco, I am angry at Metallica. I'm angry at the, the whole machine of the music industry. I'm about to pass out in my own filth on the couch. Let's get uh, out of here. I am with you. You ready to get out of here? Oh, fuck yes. Rock's not dead. It's hiding in the ticket fees.
Are you all set? Yeah. You done being pissy with me? I'm not being pissy. I'm just being in a... Uh, uh,